This is The Wrap, episode 27, a weekly show recapping the highlights and goodies and fun movie news from the past week. Today is Friday, April 26, 2013, and I'm your host, TJ. So at the beginning of the week, we started out the week with a box office report, as I have been doing lately. On the top of the list, coming out of the weekend, was Oblivion, with 38.1 million domestic, 102 million foreign making a total of 150.1 million worldwide. So it won the top spot in its first weekend outing. And uh, yeah, I, I was very pleased with Oblivion, and it was certainly the most worthy of the number one spot for last weekend. Um, we'll see if it holds that, because it doesn't have a lot to compete with it this weekend. So we'll see when I post on Monday, we'll see what is going on in the box office and whether Oblivion can take the top spot for a second week in a row. It was a great film and uh, certainly worth uh, the first top spot. Next, we have 42 in the number two spot. It brought in uh, $18 million over the weekend, making bringing the total up to $54 million. Uh, so that's not bad for a dramatic film that is a little bit lacking in the action department as far as most general moviegoers are concerned. Uh, and that's not bad for a budget of fifty-four. Of, I'm sorry, of forty million. So number three was the Crudes. Uh, it brought in nine point five million domestically, and so its total is now four hundred twenty-seven point two million worldwide. This is obviously a massive success. Number four was Scary Movie Five, with six point two million domestically. That brings the total up to twenty-six point six million. As I wrote in my article detailing this, I weep for the human race that this movie is even still on the charts. Number five was G.I. Joe Retaliation. It brought in 5.8 million domestically. Total worldwide is now 322.9 million. Number six is The Place Beyond the Pines. Number seven, Olympus Has Fallen. Number eight, Evil Dead. Um, so that was how the box office went last weekend. On Monday, I posted a uh, YouTube video. M83 performs Oblivion featuring Suzanne Sunfor. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I always have trouble pronouncing names, don't I? In any event, uh, this was a great video of the Oblivion title track. Oblivion had a great score, and uh, this video is worth checking out, especially with the vocal performance on this title track. Uh, you should definitely check it out. They performed it live on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Um, so check that out. I'll put that in the show notes. Joe posted an article on Monday, Sucking the Life Out of Oblivion, in which he did a takedown of one of the writers over at RogerEbert.com. I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. It's a strange name. I-G-N-A-T-I-Y. Ignati? Uh, he had a pretty harsh review of the film Oblivion, but his... Uh, his metaphors and the things he picked up from that film and the things that he took the film down for were indeed strange and odd, and I'm really glad Joe wrote this article taking that film down, uh, that review of the film down a notch. It's a well-deserved takedown. Joe did a great job of detailing that. Uh, find that article in the show notes. Um, I will just read uh, one statement here that Joe made. Uh, first, I'll read the statement that Joe was referring to in the review. Harper lives in a penthouse-like tower with his communications officer, Vicka. Vicka's eyes are permanently dilated. Like Olivia Wilde's Cora in Tron Legacy, she often resembles a marionette. And then Joe says to that, It was by this statement, not only halfway through Ignati's review, I realized he didn't have anything worth saying about Oblivion. Rather, he'd rather, he'd rather, rather he'd write something that seemed smart, intellectual. 
I picture Ignady writing at his desk looking like Donkey Kong wearing a red necktie, metaphorically speaking, of course. And really, I didn't see wooden joint strings hanging from the ceiling or a goofy grin painted on the lead female faces in either Oblivion or Tron Legacy. Ignady has an overactive imagination. He sees what he wants to. Read that full article by Joe in that takedown. I was seriously irritated with the uh, review in question and glad that Joe took that review and chastised it properly. On Tuesday, I posted about the Fantastic Four uh, reboot films due in June. Uh, this was reported on Filmophilia. Film, filming details have surfaced for Fox's 2015 big-screen reboot of Marvel's first family, The Fantastic Four. All right, I'm not going to read much more of this, but um, that franchise had just gotten started. It had two movies, and now they're rebooting it with different cast of characters. Now, Joe did point out to me that one reason this might be necessary is because the same guy, Chris Evans, who now plays Captain America in the Marvel Universe was also playing the Human Torch in Fantastic Four, and that could be a problem, but really, frankly, they should have just left this franchise alone. I was happy with the first film, not as happy with the Silver Surfer, but really just, you know, there are plenty of franchises in play in the Marvel Universe. Let's let's let this one be. But no, they can't do that. So reboot all the things seems to be the mantra. On Tuesday, I also posted the Thor 2 teaser. As Joe and I discussed on the Movie Byte podcast, which I'll detail in a minute, um... This is a little bit more than what we used to think of as a teaser. It's not quite a full trailer, but it definitely has. It's definitely worth checking out if you're interested in Thor: The Dark World coming up. Uh, I am. I'm interested, and I'm hoping it's a better film than the first Thor film, which I didn't like all that well uh, comparatively to the rest of the Marvel universe. So uh, I'm really hopeful for this film. The trailer, this teaser, does make it look like it's going to be good. So check that out as well. On Wednesday, we learned about the Avengers 2 teaser being attached to Iron Man 3, at least in India, as Yahoo India reports. Uh, It's true that the teaser of Avengers 2 is being attached to Iron Man 3. It is a double attraction for the fans of superhero films because they will get to see what the Avengers 2 has in store along with the action-packed Iron Man 3, said a source. So for some reason, also, it should, should be noted that India is getting this film one week before we do here in the States, and I hope uh, this is not something only India is getting as well as in terms of the Avengers 2 teaser, but we will see. I really don't see how this early in the process there could be an Avengers 2 teaser because no photography has taken place on this film yet so far as I know. On Wednesday, I posted my review of Oblivion. I gave it four of five stars. And I do highly recommend it. You should check out my review uh, where I detailed my thoughts of this film. Uh, I was very pleased in general with the way the story unfolded, the pacing of the film, the special effects. It had a great soundtrack and only a couple of minor flaws that, did, that ultimately brought it down from five stars. Obviously, five stars would be, to me, a perfect film. This was only four of five, but all in all, definitely worth seeing in the theater. Netflix is now bigger than HBO, as reported by Angie Han on Slash Film. Uh, This is a little bit crazy, as far as I'm concerned, that Netflix would be bigger than HBO. This is the change we're seeing in the industry. Uh, People, uh, studios need to get with the program and realize Netflix is the up-and-coming thing, at least the distribution model that Netflix has. This is the way it should go. So I'm very excited about this uh, and excited to see where this leads that uh, Netflix being bigger than HBO, that just sort of blows my mind. 
Thursday, I posted uh, a video, a couple of videos, video messages from John Harrison of Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, this is some of that viral marketing that is going on these days, and it's pretty good stuff. Uh, um, th- the first is a message um, from John Harrison kind of detailing Captain Kirk uh, and his weaknesses, and the second one is detailing Spock's weaknesses and how he's going to drive them both over the edge. Pretty good stuff, and uh, Star Trek Into Darkness marketing campaign is definitely moving on up uh, through the ranks, so be sure to check that out. The Movie Bite podcast, uh, we recorded Wednesday night live, and we had a couple of listeners interacting with us in the chat room. I had a new toy to play with, my new mixer with the ability to pipe in sounds straight from my laptop into that mixer. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that. But we also reviewed Oblivion, Joe and I, together, and we uh, both liked the film quite a bit. So be sure to check out that podcast, uh, episode 41. We called it Everybody is Taller Than He Is, and as soon as you listen, you will know why we titled it that. And Thursday also brought news of a Regal Cinemark Disney dispute where Disney was demanding more, a percentage, higher percentage of the ticket sales for Iron Man 3, and as a, a consequence, uh, Regal and Cinemark have decided not to display Iron Man 3 in their theaters, which was quickly resolved, as I reported today, uh, an update to the deadline article is what I posted, and uh, they have resolved the issue. Uh, Disney has backed down, and now they're going to still be showing Iron Man 3 in the theaters. As I said in my article on Thursday, I was sure this would blow over, uh, but it seems a little bit crazy, On the, you know, because on the one hand, we know the theaters, uh, they, the theater's percentage of ticket sales is pretty low. And that's why they gouge on the popcorn and the drinks and other th- stuff. On the other hand, the theater's profits are basically driven by the food and drinks. So if they don't play along, and if Disney doesn't play along, everyone loses. So including you, the viewer who won't get to see it at your favorite theater, etc. So obviously I'm glad they worked this out. I really didn't think there was a chance that they wouldn't work it out. Too many people stood to lose too much from a deal going down like that. All right, we have a pretty fun video of Joss Whedon talking about the Avengers 2 uh, Shield, an update on the sh- on Shield, and um, the fact that Joss liked Iron Man three. He's already seen it, obviously, because he's you know been involved in that process, and he thought Shane Black did a great job. It makes me all the more excited for Iron Man three coming out on May the third. I am so excited about this film and the Phase two, the first film in Phase two of the Marvel Universe. This is going to be good stuff. And check out this video with Joss. Uh, you know, I uh, mentioned in this article that I posted. This guy's chatty. He likes to talk, and that's that's a refreshing change. I mean, I like a good Christopher Nolan Batman film, but that, you never saw stuff like this coming out from Christopher Nolan. He was so tight-lipped, it was kind of frustrating. And I find this fun and cool that Joss Whedon is willing to talk about the things that he can talk about. Obviously, he has secrets he wants to keep as a storyteller and as a filmmaker, and that's fine, but we love hearing from him as fans. So, speaking of Iron Man, Gwyneth Paltrow thinks that Iron Man 3 is going to be the last one. That's that's not a fun news. Um, in an interview with Geek Nation, Gwyneth Paltrow made us all cry tears of grief and rage when she said, I don't think there's going to be an Iron Man 4. I think we're done with Iron Man. This was a statement she made in a, about a 15-minute long video that's a lot of fun from Geek Nation, kind of interviewing the actors and asking them different questions about playing their roles and whatnot. I do recommend the video. It is sad that uh, that it seems to be the case. At least that's what Gwyneth Paltrow thinks. Uh, we'll see if the studios and the heads and the producers over there agree with that assessment. 
Now let's talk about uh, what you might like to see this weekend. Uh, we don't have a lot of good stuff opening this weekend. In fact, we only have one really good, one that even worth considering film that's opening this weekend. That's Pain and Gain. You know, Michael Bay has consistently disappointed me. He turns out films that I find mediocre or even complete and utter garbage. So I'm not interested in Pain and Gain. It looks terrible to me. But, you know, maybe you're interested in, I don't know, it is rated R for crude sexual content, bloody violence, drug use, and language throughout, and nudity, apparently, is what Fandango is saying. It does star Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne Johnson, Anthony Mackie, Tony Shalhoub, Ed Harris, Rob Corduroy, and, as I mentioned, directed by Michael Bay. I shudder to think. Still in theaters are Oblivion, 42, The Host, Scary Movie 5, The Crudes, Olympus Has Fallen, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Jurassic Park 3D, Oz the Great and Powerful, Tyler Perry's Temptation, and Admission. Uh, to, to get my further thoughts on those films, be sure to check out my article that is linked in the show notes, What to See This Weekend. And that's all we've got for you this week. You can find the links for all this cool stuff in the show notes at moviebyte.com slash therap slash 27. You can also follow us on Twitter to stay up to date at MovieBite, or keep up with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MovieBite. And obviously, visit the site every weekday. We do update it every weekday. We keep you up to date, moviebite.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at TJ Draper Pro. Uh, you can also follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash TJ Draper. That's where you can keep up with me. And that's all. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great weekend.